Then he called him Maglin, which is sharp glance, for he perceived that the eyes of his son were more piercing than his own, and his thought could read the secrets of hearts beyond the mist of words. Yo, yo, yo. What up, guys? I'm Danny J. And I'm Joel N. And this is Trevor D. And together, who are we? Keep, Keep on talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Welcome back. Welcome back or welcome to. Anyway, we're glad you're here. Thanks for coming. It's episode 78. And uh, let's start with a couple of announcements. We got our merch available at our merch store, keep-on-tolkien-podcast.tmail.com. All of it is uh, made by us and our friends, so go check it out and support the podcast. Yeah, Trevor here actually made my favorite t-shirt, the Shafted t-shirt, which I'm going to make the hottest uh, summer item. The hottest summer item? Yeah, the Shafted t-shirt. Get the Shafted t-shirt, guys. Get it, get it, get it. I feel like we there, we um, even missed a few characters that got Shafted, right? Yeah, maybe we'll do a whole series of Shafted shirts. If the first shirt? one did two, yeah, the we'll first make one. some white ones. Yeah, hell yeah. Anyway, check that out. We gave them the link, right? Yep. Cool. Check it out, guys. That's one more time. That's keep-on-tolkien-podcast.tmail.com. Nailed it. All right, y'all. So today, episode 78 is our first part of a new trilogy that we're doing. Yeah, you know how we're famous for our trilogies. Our famous trilogies. So we like to do them at least once a run. Yeah. <clears throat> trilogies are perfect. Season. It's a perfect length. Right. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Classic, right? And this trilogy we have entitled assholes through the ages gonna take you back in time yeah so this is obviously uh the um biggest assholes from age one two and three right of middle earth that's right and so this first episode we're starting on the first stage and who would you say trevor is the biggest asshole of the first age i suppose it would have to be maglin well, I'm glad you said that because we wrote this whole outline about Maglin. So if oh, you had said someone yeah. else, then we would have had to done something else. Oh, shit. yeah, shit. We got 14 pages of content that you know we wouldn't have been able to use. God damn, that's really weird. Damn, that's convenient. Holy yeah. shit. I'm glad you thought that. So sick. We're on the same wavelength here. So clearly, you know who Maglin is. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. for others out there, let's just touch briefly on who is Maglin. Yeah. Who is Maglin? Meglin was the son of Ael, the Dark Elf, and Aerithel, sister of Turgon. Yeah, Aerithel the White. Aerithel the White. Yeah, Meglin was born in the dark forest of Nan Elmoth and Beleriand, but he eventually became mighty and well-known in the city of Gondolin. Yeah, and he lived in Nan Elmoth as uh, King Thingol's tenant, right? More or less. Yeah, he's like a he's his landlord, essentially, right? Thingol? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> More or less, yeah. I think I think uh Doriath still has like rulership over non Elmoth. Yeah, it does, yeah. We've made no I was referring to a joke we've made in the past. Oh fuck, what? 
about yeah him being his landlord. Remember, he's like, I want a oh, new sword right. on the first of every month. That's right. Yeah. I see we have a, a list of names and titles for Maglin. Yeah, right? dude. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, well, we just got Maglin, which is Sindrin for sharp glance. That's right. We've also got Ion or Eon. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's I-O-N with an accent over the I. It's Sindarin for sun. There's also Lomin, which is child of twilight in Quenya. I like that one. That's cool. And of course we have the Counselor of Gondolin and Son of Aeol. Son of Aeol. Let's get into some origins. So most people's origins are with their mother, so let's start there. <laughs> yeah, in order to really... <laughs> In order to really understand the gravity of Maglin and the things he does you in his life with his family, yeah, we need yeah. to go back a little bit and talk a little bit about his parents first. Let's, Just, hit, the, let's hit the roots, right? Yeah. So many stories uh, revolve around Maglin. It's crazy. It is honestly crazy. There are a lot of stories that he he mm-hmm. just kind of touches on. Yeah. I'm going to guess his, that his, his assholery spreads like a spider web throughout the first age, mm-hmm. the, yeah. end, the end of the first age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly what I was going to ask is, is that kind of sounds like he just had a lot of like his roots are in everything. Yeah, he sucks. We'll so, get into it, though, guys. Yeah. So let's, one, well, one of the things, let's just talk about the reason why we wanted to do this assholes trilogy mm. is because we had so much fun covering the characters, the Witch King and... Uh, Grima, Wormtongue. And Grima, because they <laughs> suck, right? <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. we wanted to do more character profiles about people that suck. So thus is how we came up with the yeah, idea. Yeah, let's, let's do a trilogy of assholes and yeah. make it fun. And that's where this idea came from. Those are a couple of my favorite episodes. I mean, it's not because I was on them, but oh, yeah, I, really, I really <laughs> like those ones. Well, so for today's episode, Maglin, in order to understand his assholery, we've got to go back a ways and talk about his parents. Yeah. So first, let's start with his mother, Aridel the White. Aridel the White. So Aridel is the third child and the only daughter of Fingolfin, High King of the Noldor, and she was born in Valinor during the Years of the Trees, a wonderful, Ooh. blissful time. The best time. The best time. She is, uh, she is quite old then. Very old. Like many of the elves. Fun fact, Aridel the White was born the same year as her cousin, Galadriel. Galadriel. And that was uh, YT, Year of the Trees, 1362. Hell yeah. Aridel's brother, Maglin's uncle, is Turgon, who would go on to be the High King of the Noldor and King of Gondolin. Yeah, yeah. dude. Turgon, his brother's Fingon. Is also Fingon's his older brother, and then Fingon gets his head split in half. Oh, nice! And then this cat becomes yeah. king, a uh, high king. His helm cloven, cloven by the axe of Gothmog. But that is not in this tale. That is not this tale. So it, back in Valinor, before coming back to Middle Earth, Aredel would frequently uh, roam the open lands with the Valar, and she loved to hunt far and wide with the sons of Feanor. Mm-hmm. At least before the darkening of Valinor, when things kind of went south. But uh, Aridel ultimately followed her father and brothers across the Hellcrax to Middle-earth uh, during that crossing in the year 1500, Years of the Trees. Can I just say, how crazy would it be to roam a field with the Valar? Yeah, dude, just hanging out with your gods. Yeah, it's wild to think about. Like, how do you... It's what happens in universes where the gods are real. You can, like, see and talk to them and, and stuff. And you just treat them like regular existing like, things, homies, right? Yeah. That's just my god homie, you know? I'm just like, uh, you're like, oh you never, God, oh <laughs> you, you don't see it happen like anywhere else. And but you see creatures that have interacted with you, with gods that, are, yeah. you, you know, well, it's like how when people say like, Jesus is my homie, it's like, you don't even know Jesus, but I've like, you know, Jesus. you could be like, Orume is my hunting buddy, you know? And he is. That's true. Yeah. Truth there. 
So after crossing the Middle Earth, Meglin's mother Aradel lived in Neverast with her brother Turgon. That is until the hidden city, uh, the hidden city of Gondolin, was completed. Yeah, when Gondolin was completed in first stage one sixteen, Aradel followed her brother Turgon to live in the city in the hidden city. Neverest yeah. seems like it was a cool place, though. Yeah, I don't know why everyone. Why I don't know why they didn't abandoned. leave a contingency of Gundolins or, be, or of, uh, right. of Neverastians like, behind Neverast seems it. like Neverast. it was a pretty cool place. Yeah, they just abandoned that shit. Castle right on the sea, pretty yeah. cool shit. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Gondolin here now. Mm-hmm. Because Gondolin also has a lot to do with Maglin's life. Yes, it does. So mm. Gondolin was, for those who don't know, a great city of the elves located in the north-central area of Beleriand during the first age of Middle-earth. It was probably like one of the most well-known kingdoms oh yeah because it's the coolest you the city uh, it's significant because it was created in the in secret in the hidden valley of tumladen in the encircling mountains yeah those encircling mountains up there yeah the whole point its purpose was to basically just be a hidden stronghold that could not be found they were basically trying to hide out against the dark lord melkor yeah dude they don't want him to know mm-hmm and it was founded by Turgon in First Age 116, and it endured the longest of all the Noldoran kingdoms of the First Age, nearly four centuries. Yeah, and it was wow. It was like legend, Gondolin, because everyone kind of knew about it, but nobody knew where it was. Yeah, it's longer than Doriath. Dang. Yeah, or not Dori. Uh, sorry, not Dori. What well, the other Noldor? No, Dor- city, Doriath yeah. was around Nargothrond. before everything else. Yeah, not a, not a single one of those kingdoms lasted out of the First Age. No. Um, nope. Because no. the first age at the end is under, it's all underwater, remember? That whole countryside gets destroyed and sunk. That's, yeah, yep, that's right. No kingdoms left. Only Gil-Galad down in Lindon. Gil-Galad. We've got a quick excerpt here about Gondolin from the Silmarillion, Chapter 15 of the Noldor in Beleriand. Behind the circle of the mountains, the people of Turgon grew and throve, and they put forth their skill and labor unceasing, so that the Gondolin upon Amun Gwareth became fair indeed and fit to compare even with the elven Tyrion beyond the sea. High and white were its walls and smooth its stairs, and tall and strong was the tower of the king. Their shining fountains played, and in the courts of Turgon stood images of the trees of old, which Turgon himself had wrought with elven craft. In the tree which he made of gold was named Glingal, and the tree whose flower he made of silver was named Belthil. Glingal and Belthil? Yeah, why not, dude? Now, the city was supposed to be beautiful, comparable to the... Tyrion. Tyrion, which is like heaven. Pretty cool place. Yeah. Yeah. So There was like diamond dust in the street, remember? Yeah, there's yeah. diamonds were like playthings yeah. for children there. It was yeah, crazy. Dude. The city glittered. Yeah, so this is supposed to be comparable. Diamonds in the city streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I think the, the pavement was like made of diamonds, I think. So there was like diamond dust all over the place. So it Interior. would get in your uh, like your clothes and you would like glisten. Yeah, when... Uh, was it magical? Tyrion was kind of... It was just diamonds, it dude. It was just... It was just fucking diamonds. I think it was just man. supposed to be beautiful, is what it was. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, straight up diamonds. It'd just be crazy if it was like all like uh, magic infused. It'd be trillions diamonds. and trillions of dollars worth of diamonds. Well, in this economy. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in this economy. Yeah. So after the completion of Gondolin, Turgon took with him 
to live in the hidden city, all of his people from Neverast. They pretty much just drained Neverast and they all secretly crept away to this new hidden city in the mountains. That's almost a third of all of the Noldor just disappeared one day. And as well as nearly three quarters of the Sindar in the north. Yeah, I always forget that the Gondolindrum, even though the culture is Noldor, the dominant culture is Noldor, there's a shitload of Sindar that originally go there too. It's a mix. It's a good mix of people. I really like that word too, Nevrast. Nevrast. Yeah, Nevrast. It seems like a cool kingdom. I would probably want to live there. What what kind of place is it? It's It's on on the the coast, yeah. Oh, right it's a coastal city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The name yeah, is just cool like sounding. If, if you're coming from um, Amman, right, it's like the first city you'd hit coming into Beleriand, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. It's like the f- one of the furthest western points on the western mm-hmm. uh, on the western shore of, of Middle-earth, Beleriand. Yeah, dude. Oh, sick. So Gondolin now is full of people, and due to this population size and the need for the city to remain hidden, Turgon decreed that anyone that lived in Gondolin or anyone that even knew where it was could never leave the city. Never! He could. Ju- he just couldn't risk word getting out. So there was a basically no coming and going policy. If yep. you ever found it or you're there, you're there for the rest of your life. How, how do they deal with the uh, population problems? Elves, oh. elves don't reproduce very quickly. They just they just wouldn't. That and they, be a they typically only have uh, uh, one or two children. I mean, there's a, there's a uh, you know like what, what would you say, Joel? The average is like what three children per elf family. I think and that's, that's some, the most. The cor- the, most is seven. The Feanor. most is seven Feanor, but That's yeah. odd. I, after yeah. other than that, I think three is the only number I can think of. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem to be too many. No, they don't have too many children, even though they live for a very long time. Elrond has three kids. Yeah, and they're well. spread out over centuries too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no there's no men at this no point? no human men no no okay. no gondolins not, all elves. I mean they they exist in the world but they're not allowed but they 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 come not into this tale save not one. A, Save one. Save three, actually. Oh. Oh, yeah. We talk about them, too. Oh, I'm excited. Let's talk about this. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, so uh, Aridel, sister of Turgon, she lived in Gondolin with this no-come-and-go policy. And while she loved Gondolin, it was a beautiful city, and she loved her brother, King Turgon, after 200 years of not being able to come and go, she began longing for forests and wide open lands. Because remember back when she lived uh, in Valinor, that's what she did. She loved to be out roaming mm-hmm. the lands and hunting and doing all sorts of stuff. So being cooped up for 200 years was just too much for her. She's a country girl, not a city girl. Not at all. <laughs> so so, so she, that's just like, as far as the longing for forests goes, that, that eventually... That, that overcomes all, like most elves or all elves? That's the sea longing. Oh, that's the sea longing I'm thinking of. Yes. Totally. So one and then the other? Elves typically like uh, nature, though, of all. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the, yeah. the Noldor are more into like gems and shit like and that. And mining but, and yeah. crafts and stuff. They love the earth as well in a different way. Yeah. Well, yeah. I suppose like most, most elf stuff is depicted in like the forest or something. Like, Yeah, they true. like forest. Yeah, a lot of them like forests. So Aridel asks for permission to leave Gondolin. She goes to her brother and asks permission, even if it's just for a little while. She just needs to get out. Gotta get out. But Turgon is unwilling to let her go because he fears the exposure of his hidden kingdom. Yeah, but eventually, you know, he is a good brother. So he relents and he allows her to leave with an escort to go to her cousin Keligorm, that asshole, one over of the, in One Himlad. of the sons of Feanor. Yeah, yeah, one of the sons of Feanor over in Himlad. That, that sounds like a mistake. Mm. technically yeah. they're family so i think she's just kind of like using that as an excuse to somewhere to go like go oh, say hello to family and keligorm is like known to be a great huntsman 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is why uh, he was given Huan, right? Huan, yes. Yeah. So after getting permission to leave Gondolin with an escort, on her way over to Himlad with her escort, they pass through a very dangerous region known as Nandungortheb. And this region is just known to be full of, like, monsters and demons and giant spiders and all sorts of horrible shit. Yeah, and she actually becomes separated from her escort. Is it? It's totally on purpose, though, right? She's trying to give him the slip, right? In a, in a way, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah cause she's, yeah, she doesn't need this. Yeah, I think she takes advantage of the situation is what it is. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Erdhel eventually reaches Himlet safely. And I waited there to meet Keligorm, who was abroad. Yeah, and then that escort just returns back to Gondolin and says, We lost her! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we don't know where she went. <laughs> uh, so eventually, she started wandering out of boredom. She Keligorm was away on this hunting trip for a really long time, so she just started wandering around that region out of boredom, and she ended up becoming lost in the forest of Nan Elmoth. Yeah, there the trees grew to be the tallest and darkest in all of Balerian, blocking the the sun entirely from the forest floor. Isn't that kind of like the Black Forest in Germany, mm-hmm. right? Isn't mm-hmm. that supposed to be, isn't that why they call it the Black Forest? I've never heard of that. You've never heard of the Black Forest? No. It sounds like it'd be a really it's cool like place Bavaria, to visit. It's in like Bavaria, right? I think it's in Bavaria. It's in Germany. Bavaria? The Black Forest. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a real place. I, believe, I promise. I believe you. I'm not doubting it's, you. It's in Europe. It sounds like it would be a cool place to, to visit. Yeah, a lot of people go there. I think it's in Bavaria. I'm not sure. It's in Germany somewhere. Well, non Elmoth was a, a smaller forest right adjacent to the forests of Doriath. I think, like you mentioned earlier, it was under the rule of King Thingol, the Cinderin King. But oh, yeah. the only traffic that really came near this little forest was just the dwarf, one of the dwarf roads that went off to the Blue Mountains. So this was this little forest region was kind of left alone it was kind of remote mm-hmm. and in this forest is where Aradel met Aeol the dark elf ooh ooh gross the dark elf it's a cool name though Aeol mm-hmm. yeah kind of cool name cool name for a piece of shit <laughs> we are talking yeah, about so assholes I guess now we've got to talk about Maglin's father, Aeol, a little bit. Yep, Aeol, known as the Dark Elf by anyone who hates him, which is everybody except for dwarves, was a great. <laughs> he was a great smith who lived in Nan Elmoth. Yeah, he was a very unique elf. He was notable for his solitary lifestyle. He was pretty much the only one that lived in Nan Elmoth, and he was also known for his close friendship with the dwarves, which was kind of odd for an elf to be so close to dwarves. Yeah, especially because he's not uh, Naldar, right? He's Sindarin. Right, yeah. Kind of weird, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, he also is known for inventing the black metal known as Galvorn. Yes. The special metal made from a meteorite. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's no, it's no, and he uses it to forge the two swords, Anglicel and Angriel, and they're known for being so hard that they can cut through regular iron yeah. swords. They can, it says, quote, cleave all earth, earth delved metals. Yeah. Cleave. Yeah. Cleave, literally. So, like, if we ever saw Turin in a movie, he would literally be able to cut through other people's swords and shit. I wonder. Should, like, cut through their armor and shit. Yeah. I wonder how much you actually have to sharpen it like i don't know it well it goes dull at one point when it kills its friend yeah another unique thing about those blades is they're also like semi-sentient yeah dude oh okay right we've talked about the sentient blades yeah they're very unique blades they come not into this tale really well one of them does but uh, ale was also known to be a very talented night rider he could see very well at night yeah dude his face is described as noble yet grim 
and his eyes could see deep into shadows and dark places, being night-sighted. Yeah. So he has dark vision? Yeah, he has dark vision. He has dark vision. He has dark vision. <laughs> yep. So he is also uh, akin, technically, he's related to King Thingol of the Teleri. Yeah, of the Teleri. Mm-hmm. And Aeol fucking hated the Noldor. Like, seriously. Yeah. Has like, a very big beef with the Noldor. Yeah, he hates them. He considered them stuck up and prideful. He blamed them for settling in Sindar lands. He blamed them for all the current issues in Beleriand regarding Morgoth and his orcs. And uh, most importantly, he hated them for the kinslaying of... Alqualande. Alqualande. Okay. That's a that's a great word. Here's here's the thing. Yeah, Alqualande is a cool, fun word, right? It's oh, a, yeah. It's a, a Quenya word. But here's the thing, guys. I gotta say... He's got points here. Almost all these points are kind of valid. It's you, true. If you look at them. No, the, it's true. The, uh, they're stuck up and prideful. Literally, pride is why Feanor is here in the first place. Right? All of his sons are very prideful, yeah. too. He's blamed, blaming them for settling Sindar lands, which they totally do. Yep. They totally do that. All the current issues in Beleriand are because of them. Remember, the Sindar had uh, Morgoth like on the run before the Noldor got there, remember? And then they had like a huge battle when the Noldor got there, remember? I thought the Sindar were like under-equipped to deal with all of that until the Noldor got there. Either way, it is their fault. It, yeah. The current issues Bo- in Valeria. Bottom line, it's true. Most of these are all valid points. And he's he's hating on them for good reasons. He's, yeah. And mm-hmm. the Kinsling and Elkalanda, you can't get around that. I mean, most of them pretty no, that's a that. That's a straight up like fucking war crime. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe not good reasons. Let's say reasonable. They're reasonable. I mean, he's a dick, but, you know, he's got, his hatred is founded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So in the year three, uh, 316 of the first age, Turgon's sister, Aradel, strays into the woods of Nan Elmoth, where Eo lives. And seeing Aradel and noticing how beautiful she is, Eol set enchantments about her so that she could not find her way, so she'd get lost and wouldn't be able to escape the forest. She ended up just going deeper and deeper into the forest. That's rude. Yeah, and she eventually wandered into Eol's uh, dwelling deep in the woods, where he finally revealed himself to her. Uh-huh. In the Silmarillion, it is stated that Eol then quote took her to wife and it was long ere any of her kin heard from her again so guess what guys we don't want to use the r word but this is not consensual yeah it's not very clear whether aridel consented to marrying aeol and just given the whole situation with him like putting enchantments and tricking her into even talking to him in the first it seems pretty yeah it's pesty it is uh, not it seems pretty not okay a yeah. weird way to try to court somebody yeah yeah it, yeah so it's not entirely clear if there's consent there but i mean aeol is kind of a dick so oh i'm putting it i'm giving him the not benefit of the doubt yeah not okay not okay but uh ultimately aradel did end up living with aeol in the dark woods of nan elmoth for nearly a century and during this time she gave birth to her only child and the actual subject of today's episode today's asshole Meglin. 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 We got to the asshole. We got to the asshole. We finally found it. Let's get into the asshole's early life. Let's do it. Did you really have to say, let's get into the asshole? Let's get into that asshole. Let's really plunge deep into this asshole here, guys. Meglin was born in the year First Age 320. 
In Nan Elmoth. Eon was the name, right? Eon? I think so. <clears throat> I think that's how you say it. Eon, yeah. Eon was the first name given to Meglin by Ale, which simply means son in Cinderin. Real, uh, real creative. Which is really funny. He's going to like this reference, but uh, this is the exact same thing that our editor does in Stardew Valley. He's he's freaking crazy. He'll literally just name his children son and daughter, and then he'll go through our farm and name all the cows and stuff like cow one and cow two. <laughs> yeah, we've got goat and chicken. Yeah, goat, chicken. He let me name my cat after Che Guevara. That was it. That was the, yeah, only, that's right. the only leeway you got. Yeah. That's funny. He'll like that reference. So at the time of Maglin's birth, Aeol, or excuse me, Aerodel, secretly gave Maglin the name of Lomian, which means child of the twilight in Quenya. I'm sure she probably didn't want to use much Quenya around Aeol because he hates the Noldor. Oh, yeah. You don't want to, the language of the Kinslayers. Yeah. No, no. Is there a reason that it, uh, child of the twilight is given? Because it's dark in the forest, I'm imagining. I think because he was born in a dark forest. Yeah, I think that's why. I think that's all. That's all I always thought, at least. Pretty, yeah. It's dark. I, I guess pretty that's dark in Nan Elmoth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very dark. Very dark. It's like twilight all the time. So as Maglin grew, he appeared to resemble the Noldor rather than the Sindar. He was very tall, he had black hair, dark eyes, and he had that particularly pale skin that the Noldor have. But in mood and mind, he resembled his father. And we have an excerpt from the Silmarillion, chapter 16, of Maglin, from Trevor. His words were few, save in matters that touched him near. And then his voice had a power to move those that heard him, and to overthrow those that withstood him. He was tall and black-haired. His eyes were dark, yet bright and keen as the eyes of the Noldor. And his skin was white. Like Snow White. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That's right, all seven of them. Yeah, which Tolkien hated, remember? That's true, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he fucking hated that movie. Uh, So, Meglin also had some characteristics that set him apart from his father. Yeah, and we got a, uh, this is fun here. We got a, uh, an excerpt from War of the Jewels. That's, that's History of Middle Earth Series Volume 11, Part 3, Maglin. Maglin had, even more than his father, very bright eyes and was both physically very keen-sighted and mentally very penetrant and quick to interpret the looks and gestures of people and perceive their thoughts and purposes. So he's really good at reading people. Yeah, dude. Growing up, Meglin would often go with his father to the dwarven cities in the eastern Blue Mountains. There he eagerly learned anything the dwarves would teach him. Yeah, and this, of course, made him a very great and talented smith. But he was uh, particularly excellent at the craft of finding metal ores in the mountains and mining them. Yeah, I think they call that prospecting, yeah. right? Is it, yeah, yeah, essentially. So he was a yeah. real good prospector, and he loved that. Yeah. If you said I was a prospector, I would agree. I would agree. I'm a this fabric is, man. This is my son and associate H.W. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an oil man. <laughs> well, despite his similarities to his father, uh, it is said that Meglin favored his mother. Art thou? And uh, Meglin grew up hearing tales from his mother about the fantastic hidden city of Gondolin and King Turgon, his uncle. Yeah, his, his super cool uncle, a yeah. king. 
A king, dude. In a, in a hidden city, like you got a fairy tale that's like linked to your own family. Yeah. Right. That's super sick. Right? That's the best, like, you could go there someday and sit in secret. But yeah, imagine if your mom told you stories like that and then told you, this is all fucking real. It's all real, yeah, dog. Yeah, except she doesn't tell you that you can never return once you find it and you set off on your journey to find <laughs> it before she reveals that to you on your 17th birthday when the truth is finally revealed. What are you talking about? What are you bro? talking about? Oh, you know, just some like really long, weird story. You can't have any more gummies. <laughs> okay. So most importantly, during these tales that he heard from his mother, he noted that the king, Turgon, of this hidden city had no heir to the throne. And this is when his own fantasies of leaving the dark forest of Nan Elmoth began stirring in him. Yeah. After s- telling her son so many tales about Gondolin, Aridel began longing to see her people again. But despite Maglin's pleas, Aridel would never reveal to him the location of Gondolin. Yeah, he kept asking, but she wouldn't tell him. Yeah, Maglin actually resorted to trying to subtly weasel the secret from his mother over time. Little fucking weasel. Yeah, what a weasel. He even attempted to use his skills to read her unguarded mind. And uh, if you'll remember in past episodes, we talked about this power that some elves have. It's called Asonwe. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he yeah, he had this, his, this power, too. Asonwe. Like Elrond and Galadriel right, and yep. Fenrod. Yeah. yeah. And he was trying to abuse that power and use it against his own mother. Yeah, oh, wow. I guess suppose it would really suck if a dick had that power. Yeah. Oh, damn. That sucks. But luckily, he was ultimately unsuccessful. He wasn't able to get the location from her. Wow. Are you guys telling me this guy's going to be some kind of manipulator? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. Mm. You think? <laughs> you think? So since he could not see any way to get to Gondolin, uh, Maglin instead decided that he would like to go meet some of these Noldor, some of these Noldor elves. So he goes and asks his father's permission to go visit the sons of Feanor to the northeast. This very same... Uh, <laughs> It's funny because this is kind of the exact same excuse that Aridel gave to Turgon when she wanted to leave Gondolin. Mm-hmm. The exact same people in the same place. I just want to yeah. go, go see the Sons of Fane. I want to go see the Noldor. It's like when you tell your mom you're going to the library, but you're really going like behind the Blockbuster to get stoned. You know? <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> You were thinking Blockbuster too? Wow. Well... No, no, no. I had a, I had, a, you know, like there's like the Family Dollar. Oh, okay. Right, right. Actually, I had a Family Videos. Oh, sick. That, that was like, video, what, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember family. Vi- I had a Family Video. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Remember video stores? <laughs> I remember that. Blockbuster. Sick, sick <laughs> times. Yeah, I fucking loved that shit, man. I used to go to the video store two, three times a week. Two, three. Two, three times a week. So after Aeol asked his father permission to go visit uh, the sons of Feanor, who are technically his kin, Aeol, obviously, to no one's surprise, did not agree. And we have an excerpt about this from the Silmarillion, chapter 16 of Maglin. When he declared his purpose to Aeol, his father was wrathful. You are of the house of Aeol, Maglin, my son, he said, and not of the Gondolindrum. All this land is the land of the Teleri, and I will not deal nor have my son deal with the slayers of our kin, the invaders and usurper, usurpers of our homes. In this you shall obey me, or I will set you in bonds. And Maglin did not answer, but was cold and silent, and went abroad no more with Aeol, and Aeol mistrusted him. 
He's straight up like, yeah, I'll tie you up. I'll tie you the fuck up, dude. And I will put you in buns. Yeah, I'd be, I'd he's be, got, uh, I'd be a little fucking put off by that too. Yeah, he's uh, got like a rusty radiator, and he's like uh, with a chain. I don't know, guys. It could wrapped kinda, around it could be kind of hot. Mm. Oh man! So in the year four hundred of the first age, during the festival of Midsummer, the dwarves invite Aeol to the city, dwarven city of Nagrod, to go feast and celebrate with them, as they do every year. Yeah. Meglin took advantage of this opportunity and tried to convince his mother to leave Nan Elmuth and go to Gondolin with him. We have an excerpt here about this from the Silmarillion, chapter 16 of Meglin. Therefore he said to Erdthal, Lady, let us depart while there is time. What hope is there in this wood for you or for me? Here we are held in bondage, and no prophet shall I find here, for I have learned all that my father has to teach or that the Elgrim will reveal to me. Shall we not seek for Gondolin? You shall be my guide, and I will be your guard. Then Erdha was glad, and looked with pride upon her son, and telling the servants of Ale that they went to seek the sons of Feanor, they departed and rode away to the north eaves of Nan Almoth, and then westward along the fences of Doriath, towards Gondolin. To Gondolin! To Gondolin! The coolest place forever. Now, unfortunately, Aeol returned from his feasting a little earlier than either Maglin or Erdthal had planned, and he came and found that they had left less than two days prior, which is not that much time. No. And he was furious. He was furious. He was pissed. He was pissed, and he rode like the wind to go follow them. Yeah. On their journey to Gondolin, uh, Maglin and Aerithel, uh worked together, and Maglin was able to defend them both as they traveled through Nando- uh, Dangortheb, the Valley of Dreadful Death. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit earlier, that valley that's full of monsters and demons and shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and Aerithel was able to find the hidden tunnel to Gondolin. Yeah, she did. Yeah, Ale was able to track them and follow them to the hidden entrance. Yeah, he was able to do that. That sucks. Yeah, they sneaky did. son of a bitch. Sneaky son. They did not know that he was he was following. Sneaky son of a bitch. So Aradel, after meeting some of the Gondolindrum, was instantly recognized by the elves, and Maglin and Aradel were welcomed with open arms. Yeah, Turgon, uh, the king, was his, was ecstatic to find that his sister was still friggin' alive and uh, that she'd come back. Yeah, what what more could you hope for? Like The prodigal sister has returned. And the king immediately accepted Maglin as family, his, his own sister son. Yeah. How, how nice. What a warm welcome. Yeah, he wasn't racist at all about it. It was great. He could, could very well could have been Trevor. These, these elves are racist as shit, dude. They, it's true. They are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking true. I guess, but that would suck. I, would, I mean, that would be extra shitty here, right? Because it's like, hey, you found our secret city that you can't leave. You fucking piece of shit. I hate your guts. Yeah. You, but if you leave, I kill you. <laughs> you will for never now or be equal to anyone in this city. Who is who is not of your kin? You, you are gross. You yeah. will not find work. You will barely find breadcrumbs in the street to eat. Yeah, <laughs> but you cannot leave. But you, you cannot, cannot leave. Leave. <laughs> that would suck. Oh my god. <laughs> so while Maglin and Aradel were welcomed with open arms, Aeol, on the other hand, was captured while trying to sneak into the uh, secret tunnel entrance. 
and he was taken by the guard to the king for judgment. And at this point, Aeol, who already has kind of a short fuse, he was just at the end of his rope, and he was furious. He was not going to play nice about anything. This this guy's an anger problem, huh? He does. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh, yeah. He's he's not a friendly guy. Is he the no. type that would, uh, I like I like this term, to, to hulk out? I don't know about hulk out, but he's just he's a very... He's got a sharp tongue. He's very grim and just very... Yeah stern and just not happy all the time i just feel like he's just a, he's a dick yeah he's uh he's very uh verbally pugnacious and just, i picture some real grim like person mm-hmm. yeah, he's, yeah he sucks yeah he sucks he's like a goth kid but like shitty you know what i mean goth people are <laughs> goth people are usually pretty fucking nice but this True. guy sucks you know Neat. <laughs> So King Turgon was friendly and welcomed Aeol's family and the king welcomed Aeol to stay and live in the bliss of Gondolin and uh, the king also told Aeol that it was against the law for anyone who find Gondolin to leave but it you know it's not really a problem because they're he's welcome as family essentially Mhm Aeol responded by insulting the king and stating that he does not recognize Noldor laws just like I'll leave if I want to, man. You know, you're gonna yeah. keep me here. What a douchebag! I love <laughs> this. Uh, this next excerpt from uh, the Silmarillion of Maglin again. That's chapter sixteen. I fucking love this excerpt. And so Aeol was brought to Turgon's hall and stood before the high seat, proud and sullen. But Turgon treated him with honor and rose up and would take his hand. And he said, "Welcome, kinsman. For so I hold you." Here you shall dwell at your pleasure, save only that you must here abide and depart not from my kingdom. For it is my law that none who finds the way hither shall depart. But Aeol withdrew his hand. I acknowledge not your law, he said. No right have you or any of your kin in this land to seize realms or to set bounds, either here or there. This is the land of the Teleri, to which you bring war and all unquiet, dealing ever proudly and unjustly. I care nothing for your secrets, and I come not to spy upon you, but to claim my own, my wife and son. Yet if in Eredel, your sister, you have some claim, then let her remain. Let the bird go back to the cage, where soon she will sicken again as she sickened before. But not so, Maglin. My son you shall not withhold from me. Come, Maglin, son of Aeol, your father commands you. Leave the house of his enemies and the slayers of his kin, or be accursed. But Maglin answered nothing. Oh, yeah, and this pissed off Ale. Yes, yeah, I just admit this guy's rage meter just keeps going up. Yeah, like, just, he's got steam coming out of his ears like a cartoon. Yeah, he, yeah. he, can't, he just can't handle it. Yeah. And so what's he do? He throws a spear. Yeah, right at, at Maglin, his son. His what own a dick. son. Yeah, he yells something like, fine. Then I choose death for me and my son also. And he like yeah. sh- he throws a fucking spear to in, kill him. It's a, it's a, okay. So p- picture this, guys. Aeol so far in the story is a huge asshole, right? Big dick. He's raging about everywhere. He is not the subject of today's episode. But no, his son is. His son. So how big of a dick is Maglin going to turn out to be? Some foreshadowing. We're about to find. The apple doesn't yeah, fall even, far from the tree, they say. But even worse than this, dude. Yeah, we're we're about to find the, out. the apple that was rotted when it fell, like yeah. already gross crab apples, right? So uh, Aeol throws a spear at Maglin to kill him, but Maglin's mother Aradel 
dives in front of the spear and shields her son and is wounded. But unfortunately, what nobody knew was that Aeol had poisoned the tip of the spear. What nice. the? F- what an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So later that night, Aerodel dies of poisoning. Yeah. So naturally, at this point, King Turgon is pretty fucking furious that he just murdered his sister and, you know, had all this big scene in the middle of his of his court, so... And Ale was brought before Turgon and sentenced to death for be, uh, by being thrown from a precipice, which means they're just going to chuck him out of the city, literally yeet him over the fucking wall. That yeah. kind of sounds like a cool way to go. Because the city of Gondolin is uh, elevated yeah, up from in, the land around it. Yep, and they're just going to chuck him off the edge. As long as the impact is instant death, cool. Like if I got well, we'll if I got to be murdered, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right, we'll see. All right, all right. Just wait, bud. Yeah. Well, but before they yeet Aeol off the edge, he gets a little more specific with this curse that he places on his son Manglin. Curse. Yeah, that's right. So here's another excerpt from that same chapter sixteen of the Silmarillion of Manglin. Therefore, when Aeol was brought before Turgon, he found no mercy. And they led him forth to the Kadagdur, a precipice of black rock upon the north side of the hill of Gondolin, there to cast him down from the sheer walls of the city. And Meglin stood by and said nothing. But at the last, Aeol cried out, So you forsake your father and his kin, ill-gotten son. Here shall you fail of all your hopes, and here may you yet die the same death as I. Then they cast Aeol over the Caragdor, and so he ended. And to all in Gondolin, it seemed just. I, I love that. I love how that ends. It's one of my favorite quotes from the Silmarillion, honestly. It like, seemed just. And, yeah, and just the fact that he th- they throw in that, a- that additional bit at the end of the sentence, and to all in Gondolin, it seemed just. It's just yeah. like, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. a dick. Every, dick. Everyone thought it was just. That's what we do in Gondola. We chuck dicks off the wall. Right over the you edge. You think that would have been the learning experience for Maglin, right? Yeah. Like your your dad comes up in here, causes a ruckus. Yeah. They, they threw him off a wall. You never saw him again. Like, yeah. he's gone. <laughs> These cats be eating folks down here. Yeah. But his dad got pretty specific with that curse before they threw him over. Yeah. But uh, if you want to know anything more about this curse or any of the other fun curses in Tolkien, go back and check out our episode 60, Doom Trilogy Part 3, where we talk about curses in curses. Tolkien. Yeah, we really like that uh, trilogy. The Doom Trilogy was quality. We like it. Quality, Doom. my friends. I think it's a, our most like KOT original idea, too, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of us for that. Yeah, I like it. But Maglin was now an orphan, but in Gondolin... Turgon held him in eye honor. Can we just stop for a second here? We gotta talk about this. Okay. So Maglin, it says that Maglin's an orphan, right? This, yeah. This reminds me of an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Funkhauser's uh, last living parent dies and he's like in his 60s <laughs> and he's like, now I'm an orphan. And then he, Larry's just like, how can you be an orphan if you're grown up? I say he's not an orphan now. He's grown up. I mean, isn't an orphan just a person who doesn't have parents? Does it is it so actually everybody? Do you have to be everybody in the nursing home is an orphan? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, damn. That's is, that is, is, is there an age requirement to which you get your orphan card? Yeah, I'd say like <laughs> right seventeen. <laughs> right, 
like 16, if you lost your 17? parents before this age, you are now and forever will be an orphan. Yeah, it's sixteen, seventeen. Okay, I mean, I'm okay with that logic. If you lost your parents at twenty two, that's just sad. Just shitty, yeah. And you're not, but you're not an orphan. You don't get the orphan correct. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's my logic. At least you were you were an adult when it happened. I don't know. Is that what we're saying? Am I going to get some angry emails <laughs> from people that? Are I mean, like, I don't know what the definition. We're just trying to clear up a definition, right? I'm 45 <laughs> and I'm an orphan. Like, I'm still an orphan. I'm still right. No, but th- but did you meet the criteria? We just laid out a list. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Okay, well, let us know. Uh, keep on talking at podcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> so enthusiastic <laughs> yeah i am eager to hear from you <laughs> uh but maglin he continued living in gondolin until its actual eventual fall which is uh just over a uh, hundred years just over a century hundred so years he, he was there for a pretty long time Damn. although for elves i suppose that's not that long really not, not super long but i mean in the span of gondolin it's pretty long i suppose yeah well that can happen a hundred years yeah, so dude. Let's talk about uh, Meglin's life in Gondolin. Yeah. Ooh. Living in Gondolin. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can that be one of those new Lord of the Rings TV shows they're talking about? We'll living just get, in Gondolin. Yeah, it'll yeah. be like a sitcom, but you're just there living in Gondolin back be, in the first age. It'd be sick. <laughs> I'd watch it. So, living in Gondolin, Meglin learned much about smithing and craft, and he became an elven prince held in high esteem, even leading his own noble house, the House of the Mole. House of the Mole? Yeah, and I'm saying, like... He's a prospector. Makes sense, right? It makes sense, but, like, give him House of the fucking Badger. Like, what... (laughs) A mole? That's disgusting. What's wrong with moles? They're nasty looking. Have you seen one? Yeah. <laughs> the mole. I mean, I guess mole. It's kind of ironic because moles are sort of a slang term too for traders, right? Or double agents. Yeah. So I suppose it's, it's kind of it's foreshadowing. Kind of foreshadowing almost. Yeah. So he was a uh, he was apparently very talented at finding rich loads of metals. <laughs> That's right. Rich loads. <laughs> rich loads of metals. Yeah, rich loads. And uh, how do you say Echoriath? In the Acoria, yeah, the that's, the, that's basically the Elvish name for the encircling mountains around the city. Yeah, okay, that's a cool word. Yeah, so his mine in the Acoriath was named Angabar, which is iron mine. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Is that okay? So what is Angband? Angband is it sounds very similar, but that's uh, Melkor's stronghold in the. Does it mean north. iron fortress or prison? Iron fortress. Is it, is it the same language? Yes. Yeah, Cinderin. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so you're, okay, you're, okay, you're right okay. to connect those words. That's cool. The Ang and Ang Habar and the Ang and Ang Band are it's the same iron. Ang. Yeah. It's iron. This is how you eventually learn a bunch of words in Elvish. <laughs> yeah, you just read so many <laughs> words and you recognize the similarities and you're like, ah. Yep. Like Meath. Yeah, Meath is yeah, gray. Gray or silver. Mm-hmm. Meathril, Meathroud. Mm-hmm. Okay, so enough about the Elvish language. <laughs> so yeah. um, Maglin forged. Yeah, he got into forging uh, steel stronger than had ever been seen in Gondolin before. He was famous. The seventh and final gate of Gondolin, the Great Gate of Steel, was Maglin's creation. Yeah, mm. one of his crowning achievements. Seven gates. Are they all? Uh, I'm assuming it's the strongest, greatest, best thing. Yep, the, it's like the last gates. resort gate. Yeah. And yeah, the uh, first gate is like uh, just those 
those beads that hang down at like hippies houses <laughs> yeah. and then the second one is like made of wood are they like just like inner gate oh, no no cardboard and then wood are they know? like the, like the inner gate like walls right like you keep going inner yeah and it gets stronger and stronger you yeah, yeah. so wooden gate uh, iron gate and we, we saw how that sort of thinking worked for the titanic right oh yeah how it hit the iceberg <laughs> and then immediately sunk yeah yeah they, the, the inner gates just kind of filled up <laughs> it didn't it didn't work the way it was supposed to <laughs> i know i know <laughs> the titanic had flawed engineering <laughs> which is why it's uh, still at the bottom of the <laughs> that <ocean>. unsinkable kingdom <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> so next let's talk about another important character in uh, the life of maglin and that is idril idril Celebrindal. Celebrindal is uh, Celebrindal. any any relation to Celebrimbor? No. No. Oh. <laughs> no, uh Caleb means uh silver, right? Or gold, right? It might be. I'm I think not it's sure. Gold. Yeah. She was uh I believe she was blonde-haired, so that might make sense. Yeah, I think it's I think it's gold. So Idril was the daughter and the only child of High King Turgon. And Idril, she was a beautiful elf maiden and known for being wise and far-sighted. We have a quick uh, excerpt here from the chapter 15 of the Silmarillion. But fairer than all the wonders of Gondolin was Idril, Turgon's daughter. She that was called Celebrindal, the Silverfoot, whose hair was as the gold of Florilin before the coming of Melkor. Well, there's your answer. Ah, uh, there's the answer. It was silver. Silverfoot. Yeah, there we go. So over time, Maglin's greatest desire began to be to take Idril to be his wife. But this was uh, sort of all in vain because Idril was actually his own first cousin. See why it was Ewan Gross. Yeah, and to the Noldor and pretty much anyone at that time, such a relationship with someone so close in kin was considered twisted and wrong. Taboo. An abomination. Even even in fantasy world, incest is not okay. Yeah. And I have a theory here, guys, and I believe this with my whole heart, and it's controversial, but I think that Pornhub could have saved Gondolin. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I do. If Maglin would have just seen what's on Pornhub now, I don't think we would have had what happens next at all. Oh, yeah. Danny J. Theory. Yeah. Pornhub would have saved Gondolin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> New spinoff. So, uh, furthermore, Idril was well aware of Maglin's thoughts concerning her, and she pretty much avoided him and Whoa. despised him for it. He told her? No, he but I think it was... actually tell her, but I think no. it was pretty obvious. I think it was just one of those things where it was just, like, kind of... What, did she clear. find him, like, bent over a bush whacking it? Like... <laughs> I don't know, dude. I Maybe. mean, you can tell by people how people act sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? I guess. And so, therefore, the love inside Maglin's heart turned to darkness. And even though he had neither Idril nor the kingship of Gondolin, he still endured in silence, waiting for his opportunity to seize them both. <laughs> so next, we got to talk about another two characters that come in contact with Maglin in his life and whose life he affects as well. And that would be Hurin and Hur of the House of Hador. Yeah, in First Age 456, these two brothers of the man race human man race human Humans. men i just like i hate using the word human when we're in tolkien because i like man. i don't even think is it is it a word you'd use they're men they're men men yeah. they're men two, they're men two men two brothers of men 
two brothers of men, Hur and Thalion, and Hur how, of the house of Hador, my favorite house of uh, of the Edain, mm-hmm. they uh, joined a group of scouts in their homeland of Hithlum. Soon after they joined Dump, they were assailed by orcs. The brothers were separated from the scouts and were pursued to the ford of Brithiac. Yeah, dude. But suddenly, our boy, who's always got our back, always and forever, our favorite Valar, Ulmo. Ulmo. He steps in. He sends this cool ass mist out to hide the brothers, so they can escape to so they can escape to Dimbar. And where are they? And they are picked up by our other homies. Who, Trevor? The Eagles of Menwe. Of course. Yeah, and the Eagles bring the brothers to the hidden city of Gondolin to be safe. Why the Eagles chose there, nobody really knows. But that's where the Eagles brought him, and Turgon welcomed the brothers, despite the fact that they were men. Men normally wouldn't be welcome here, but Turgon was fond of their grandfather, Hador, who was a famous elf friend in the past. Hold on. The Eagles can leave? Yeah, well, they can fly. They're not fucking... Yeah, they can leave. Oh, They're eagles, birds. Eagles can do whatever the fuck oh, they want. Oh, but the eagles are intelligent. Like, could yeah. the eagles like be? The, the eagles obviously know we're gonna lose. That's the thing. What if they were just like those eagles were fucked up when they they were like, oh, look at those two elves down there in trouble. Oh, oh, they just messed up. They couldn't better, tell the difference. Better bring them back to Gondolin. I'm telling man. you, guys, the eagles actually are working for Bombadil and his uh, his evil plan. His evil his, shit. His evil he, shit. Yeah, they're the one. They're the his eyes. That's how he knows what's going on. His eyes and ears uh, that's true maybe it is man could be it will now and forever be a, a token, token mystery, mystery. Mm-hmm. so these brothers they were the first men allowed to live in the city of gondolin and they were given high stations in the city they were pretty much treated like princes and yeah, royalty yeah naturally that pissed off maglin to no end yeah because uh turgon was fond of their grandfather hador who was he worked for fingolfin right I think, I think so. Yeah, I, I think it was Fingolfin. He worked for uh, their house anyway, but he was a famous elf friend regardless. But uh, Maglin generally hates the race of men, and uh, he is overall jealous little shit that hates anyone that has the favor of Turgon. So the fact that Turgon was liking these men, he didn't like that at all. Did not at all. Yeah, they were treated as princes, pissed off Maglin because he hates the race of men. And after having a great time in Gondolin for a few years, the brothers began to yearn return home to their people. Yeah, there was a war going on at home, and they wanted to help out. But naturally, leaving is not permitted by the laws of the Gondolindrum. At all. Remember? <laughs> Anyone that looks upon the hidden city must remain there. Yeah. Whatever. Huren and Huor, they kind of realized that for mortals, that kind of means you die there because they yeah. don't live as long yeah, yeah. You, you kind of you kind of marry gondolin right yeah mm-hmm. till death do you part but who are in and who are they actually uh make a pretty good plea to turgon to ask their permission to leave and turgon he decides to sidestep the law and allows them to leave by the way they came if the eagles are willing but uh because they don't actually know the actual location of the city oh right because they were airlifted in they were airlifted in yeah 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 so the two men aren't really sure where the city is anyway damn what a technicality slash loophole i think it's fair yeah not not saying it's unfair just like you know what if you're smart about it this is how you get to gondolin i think turgon is a pretty smart king like i like turgon but yeah, um, this really pisses off Maglin. Oh my god. Maglin wants out, yeah. Yeah, and Maglin straight up gives them shit to their face, right? 
And we got an excerpt here from the Silmarillion, chapter 18, of the ruin of Beleriand and the fall of Fingolfin. But Maglin, the king's sister's son, who was mighty in Gondolin, grieved not at all at their going, though he begrudged them the favor of the king, for he had no love for any of the kindred of men. And he said to Hurin, The king's grace is greater than you know, and the law is become less stern than aforetime, or else no choice would be given you but to abide here to your life's end. Yeah, dude. He's like, you, you don't know how good you have it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not supposed to be able to leave. Yeah. yeah, but ultimately they are allowed to leave, like we said, by Eagle. And uh, yeah, both brothers go on to have children and they... You know, greatly affect the destiny of Middle Earth, of course. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's so really, it's a good thing. Really good. They were allowed to leave. Yeah, because otherwise that would have sucked, and yeah. those people would have never been born. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Gondolin had a, it was like a checkpoint for destiny for them. You know. Yeah, for serious. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So let's get into another man and another fun elf, Tour yeah. and Veronwe. Yeah, a couple other new characters we have to talk about a little bit to talk about Maglin. because yeah, Maglin hates a lot of people, and we got to get into who Maglin hates. <laughs> So, during the fell winter of the First Age, 496, Gondolin received two unexpected guests. Veronwe, an elf of Gondolin, who had been thought to be lost at sea, and Tuor, son of Huor, who had recently left Gondolin. Didn't yeah, we just talk about the fell winters? We did we, just talk we about the fell did. winters. Yes, we did. Wasn't, Episode 76, uh, go check it out. Because wasn't Turgon actually secretly sending um, sailors off to ask the Valar for help, right? Yeah, yeah. He knew that Gondolin was going to fall eventually. And yeah. So he was sending sailors out secretly. And Veronwe got shipwrecked and came back, right? Yeah, pretty much all of them either got shipwrecked or... Drowned. Drowned. Yeah. Tragic. Yeah, that's what happens when you try to get to Valinor and you're not welcome there. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you haven't unlocked that boss key yet. Yeah. So these two guys show up at the secret gate of Gondolin, and Tuor, as it turns out, had been sent to Gondolin by Ulmo himself to deliver an ominous message to King Turgon. Yeah, Ulmo's message was to remind Turgon of the doom of the Noldor and to warn him of the coming fall of Gondolin, which is inevitable. Inevitable. And when Tuor came, carrying Ulmo's warning of the danger to Gondolin, Magon sat on the right hand of Turgon and argued against Tuor. Of course, because he's racist. Yeah, these arguments made by Maglin were instrumental in convincing Turgon not to leave Gondolin, despite Ulmo's warnings. Bad idea. Turgon, because of his pride, his hubris, he ultimately ignored Ulmo's warning and decided to stay in Gondolin and trust the city's strength. That is always worked in the past, right? Yeah, just just turtle up, you know? You just like... Turtle up, dude. Turgon also recognizes... Huor as Tuor's son. He was like, oh yeah, I loved your dad. He was here for a little bit. Yeah, that guy was cool. And so the king naturally welcomes Tuor to Gondolin with open arms. Yeah. So Tuor had no problem with this rule against leaving Gondolin because ultimately at this point, Tuor had nowhere to go anyway. Nowhere else to go. He's escaping slavery. He was an escaped slave and pretty much anyone else yeah. in his immediate family was dead. So Everyone he knew was dead. Uh, he also happened to have fallen in love with the king's daughter, Idril. Of course. As a of matter course. of fact, one more reason for Maglin to fucking hate him. Oh, he likes his girl. And Maglin did hate mm-hmm. him. Being uh, endeared by the Gondolindrum, Tour was made leader of the House of the Wing. Much cooler sounding house than House of the Mole. House of the Mole sucks. 
And seven years later, in the year 503, Tuor and Idril were actually wed, and Idril bore him a son, Eärendil. Megalim is going to be furious. Yeah, he's yeah he does not like any of these people. No, anymore. it only furthers his jealousy of Tuor and Maglin and his followers because he's got a house. They harbored, they all harbored a secret hatred. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, he, he, he creates. Family. Yeah, he creates a hate group, dude. He's got a posse. Yeah, the yeah, cult is what I was thinking. Yeah, he creates. It's a the, hate cult. The, yeah, the cult of Maglin. No, for real, dude. That's kind of what it is. You'll see in a little bit here. You'll see what they do. Oh my god, this sounds great. Well, now we're getting we're getting towards the end, my friends. Let's uh, let's get into the fall of Gondolin. Now. Gondolin. Yeah, the last bit of our story. Here. And what year? Where do we start off here? So, in the year five hundred and ten is when Gondolin's secrecy finally failed, and ultimately uh, Morgoth never would have found the city if it were not for the treachery of Maglin. Oh, this oh. asshole. Oh, we're talking that big of an asshole. Yes, yep. Okay, yes. okay. So now, now you're getting some concept. So defying the king's orders, Maglin actually would regularly venture outside the encircling mountains like you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. He'd do it searching for new deposits of ore that he could mine. And uh, uh, deposits. He's not deposits. satisfied with the loads he could find at home. He has to get more deposits because he's not satisfied with just loads. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he's so angry. <laughs> so lost in the mountains, Maglin ends up getting captured by some orcs and brought directly to Angband to be questioned by Morgoth himself. Because Morgoth knew that Maglin dwelt in Gondolin and uh, Morgoth was pretty eager to learn where it is. And there, Morgoth threatened Maglin with unimaginable torment, uh, but also the promise of lordship of Gondolin and possession of Idril. His cousin. His cousin. You want her? I'll take her for yeah. you. And Maglin eagerly agreed to this bargain and willingly revealed the location of Gondolin to Melkor. And we've got an excerpt about this from the Silmarillion, chapter 23 of Tuor and the Fall of Gondolin. Maglin was no weakling or craven, but the torment wherein he was threatened cowed his spirit, and he purchased his life and freedom by revealing to Morgoth the very place of Gondolin, in the ways hereby it might be found and assailed. Great indeed was the joy of Morgoth, and to Maglin he promised the lordship of Gondolin as his vassal, and the possession of Idril Celebrindal, when the city should be taken. And indeed, indeed, desire for Idril and hatred for Tuor led Maglin the easier to his treachery, most infamous in all the histories of the Elder Days. Hell yeah. Do you know what time it is now? You know what time it is now, guys? We got a a real special thing for you. One of our favorite things. One of our favorite things. Minter! Minter! Minter time! Whoop, whoop. We hope you enjoy this minter about this uh, scene with uh, Morgoth and Maglin. Yeah, what we just heard about, we're going to hear about in the mintered universe. Right, so what? Next time on X-Men. <laughs> Next time on X-Men. There we go. For it was in this time that Gondolin stood alone in defiance of Morgoth. His hatred pursued Turgon, and his servants scoured the lands looking for the location of the hidden city. Two of Morgoth's Balrogs are searching high up in the mountains of Dorthonion. They are hoping to find any trace of Gondolin or its people. So far, their search has been fruitless. The Balrogs talk to pass the time. They have come upon a point of contention, 
and they are in a heated debate. No, yeah, no. All I'm saying is that if you want a Juicy Lucy, you gotta go to Matt's. Otherwise, you ain't having a Juicy Lucy, you know what I mean? Oh, what about that 5-8 club, though, eh? Now that's a good Juicy Lucy, you know what I mean? No, yeah, no, you know what I mean? I, I, I know what you mean, but hey, 5-8 is a good burger, don't get me wrong, but that ain't the original Juicy Lucy, hey. They don't even friggin' spell it right, hey? Wait, what do you mean? How do you spell it? Oh, jeez, you don't even know how to spell it? Good grief. You know, we got a long walk here, hey. Just spell the damn word, you know what I mean? Oh, fine. J-U-C-Y-L-U-C-Y. Pretty easy. Not sure I agree I, with your uh, spelling work there, bud, but... Uh, it's supposed to be spelled wrong, you dummy. Oh, hey, now don't get all bent out of shape, you know. You know what I mean. We got a long walk here. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. We'll just have to disagree, uh, agree to disagree, you know what I mean? I say Matt has the best, uh, Matt's has the best Juicy Lucy, and that's it, hey? Oh, yeah, all right, hey, just agree to disagree. The Balrogs walked on in silence for a while, but before long, the silence was broken. Oh, I know. I got a question for you. What if you want a Juicy Lucy, but you're in St. Paul and don't want to drive over to Cedar? Oh, that's an easy one, hey. You go over to Shamrocks on West 7th there. This is all pretty rudimentary knowledge, you know what I mean? Are you freaking new here or what? Just as the other Balrog opened his mouth to respond, they both went silent. There was a sound in the mountains above. Above them, upon a precipice, was Maglin, son of Ale. He was in search of oars for smithing. In defiance of the orders of the king, he was seething with anger. Maglin was full of hate. He hated his uncle Turgon, but above all he hated Tuor, a man of the house of Hador. Tuor had just recently married the king's daughter, Idril. The problem with that is that Maglin was secretly in love with Idril. And the problem with that is that Idril is his first cousin. Gross. Ah, friggin' anyway. Who the heck does Tuor think he is anyway, you know what I mean? Friggin' stinky butt man coming in here like he owns the damn place. Yeah, no, yeah, that dog just won't hunt, you know what I mean? I'll get back at that jerk one of these days. Oh, yeah, you just wait and see, eh? Maglin searched along the rock walls for veins of ore, but still he continued to rant. And who does Turgon think he is anyway? Telling me, Maglin, the greatest smith of Gondolin, that I can't leave to go find his precious ore? I ain't gonna sit twiddling my thumbs all day, hey? That's for the frickin' birds, you know? Maglin picked up a rock and threw it off the precipice. He began to soften. But then there's... Her... He threw up his hands and then put them over his heart dramatically. Oh, sweet Idril. Oh, yeah, you know I want you. You are so pretty, hey, I just, I just want to, uh, you know what I mean. Maglin turned to the corner, hunched his shoulders, and rubbed his hands together. He had a super creepy look on his face. And so freaking what if she's my cousin? I don't give a hoot. He's not that weird. It's not like we grew up together. As a matter of fact, he's kind of hot, you know what I mean? Just then, Maglin got a strange feeling, other than his impure feelings about his cousin. He had the feeling he was being watched. He spun around, and standing before him, he saw two huge balrogs. They were standing with their heads down, staring at the ground. One was twiddling with his whip, trying to look casual. The other kicked his foot gently against the ground anxiously. Oh, oh no. How much of that did you guys hear? 
The Balrog stayed silent for a moment. Then, one of them sheepishly responded, Uh, yeah. Pretty much all of it there, bud. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, cousin, huh? Meglin did not respond. He looked at the ground embarrassed. A few moments passed in silence. Nobody moved. Uh, what do you think we should do with old cousin fucker here, huh? The other Balrog looked as if he didn't know what to do. Oh, kick his ass, I suppose, hey? Don't you think? Oh, yeah, I suppose we should, eh? The Balrogs moved forward and proceeded to wail on Meglin. They really beat his ass. The Balrogs took turns holding him while the other went to work on him. They slapped the shit out of his creepy face, kicked him while he was down. One of them even stomped on his balls. Finally, when the Balrogs got tired, they stopped their epic beatdown. They sat down with a sigh. Maglin was whimpering on the ground. Oh, shut up there, cousin fucker. I want to hear from you, hey? The other Balrog looked down at Maglin in disgust. Well, uh, what should we do with old cousin fucker here, huh? Oh, well, I guess we better bring him back to Angband, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I suppose we better, hey? He's from Gondolin. Boss will want to talk to him, you know what I mean? And take him back to Angband they did. The journey was awkward, for the Balrogs found it difficult to speak to Maglin or even look him in the eye. When they got to Angban, they descended deep into the throne room. Maglin was terrified. The throne room was full of Morgoth's most trusted Balrogs. They all sat around the throne where Melkor sat wearing the Iron Crown. He looked down at Maglin in disgust. And who is this here now that comes before the mighty Melkor, hey? The Balrogs chanted in response. Melkor, Melkor, Melkor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Melkor rules. Woo. Meglin looked up at Morgoth and was silent. The light of the two Silmarils lit up his face. Oh, I see. Ain't this a tater tot in a whole different hot dish now, hey? Hot, hot dish, hot dish, hot dish. If my eyes ain't broke, I'd say that's Meglin, son of Aeol, hey? Meglin, Meglin, Meglin. What you doing out of Gondolin? Won't your precious uncle be worried? Meglin finally found his words and responded to Melkor. Oh, well, uh, you know, I, uh, I left in secret, so oh, you know, please, Lord, don't hurt me. Yeah, we uh, beat his ass pretty good there earlier. Did we uh, wail on him again some more, eh? Morgoth turned to the two Balrogs. Where was he found? We found him in Dorthonian. He was looking for ore, hey? The Balrogs stopped speaking and looked embarrassed. Uh, there's uh, one more thing we found out, too. You better tell me what it is then, hey? Well, I, uh... I don't really want to say it out loud, but it's uh, it's it's kind of different. So, uh. oh, 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 yeah. The Balrog moved to Morgoth's throne and whispered into his ear, "Oh, oh, oh, yeah, huh? Gross. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the info, bud." Morgoth turned back to Maglin with a smile. Okay. Hey there, bud. You know what? I don't see why there isn't any reason we can't be friends here, you know what I mean? Uh, friends? Uh, what, what do you mean? Melkor beamed at Meglin. 
Well, it seems we maybe be able to help each other out, maybe, you think? Help each other out? Well, I just heard you're uh, really mad at your uncle and that you, uh... Melkor broke eye contact and looked as though he was about to laugh. Wanna f- you want to fuck your cousin? At that, there was a huge uproar from the Balrogs and Morgoth. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Cousin fucker! Cousin fucker! Hey, hey, shut up. It's not that weird. Melkor and the Balrogs finally stopped laughing. Yeah, you know what, bud? It is pretty fucking weird. Just to, but you know, to each his own, hey. Maglin looked small and pathetic in front of Morgoth and the Balrogs. He looked as if he was going to cry. Now, now, in all seriousness, hey, let's make a deal, maybe. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, what do you mean? You see, I really hate your uncle, too. And I would really like to take his city and uh, kill him, okay? Oh, yeah, I mean, I already knew that, hey? Well, think about it. I want to take Gondolin, and you... <laughs> you want to fuck your cousin. Cousin fucker! Cousin fucker! Morgoth held up his hand, and the Balrog stopped. Yeah? So what? Melkor smiled big and leaned forward in his throne. Well, all I want you to do is tell me where Gondolin is, and maybe help me destroy it from inside, and, uh... I'll let you. I will let you fuck your your cousin. And furthermore, deal. Wait, you didn't let me finish. Hey, uh, deal. You okay? Well, you anyway. You shall also be the lord of the city and uh, rule it in the name of Melkor forever. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. That sounds pretty good too. Hail cousin fucker! Hail cousin fucker! Um, thanks. I guess. Maglin then gave Melkor directions to Gondolin. Yeah, then it's uh, it's just right up there on the right. You know, you can't miss it, eh? And then Maglin departed freely and returned to Gondolin where he lay in wait. Melkor and his Balrogs laughed long after Maglin departed. Ah, <laughs> cousin, cousin fucker! fucker. Oh, man! He's a cousin fucker! <laughs> oh, I haven't laughed like that. In a really long time, eh? Melkor's hand moved to his stomach. Mmm, you guys want to get some food? I could really go for a Juicy Lucy, eh? Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Juicy, Juicy Lucy! Juicy Lucy! Juicy Lucy! Juicy Lucy. Oh, yeah, hell yes. And we're going to go to Matt's. 5-8 Club is fucking bullshit, hey? All right, you guys. Well, yeah, hopefully you had fun with that one we hope you enjoyed that little uh that minturd bit for you there if, if you couldn't tell we had fun <laughs> i do yeah. love i do love the minturds we always have fun especially when trevor comes around for them they're fun well i'm always gonna be around now you're gonna always now. be here so I'm here for Sick. good i planted my roots Sick. so jumping back into the life of maglin so after agreeing to uh morgoth's terms maglin was set free and returned to gondolin without suspicion Free to pursue his cousin. And uh, Maglin, after returning to Gondolin, said nothing about his encounter. But many people noticed a change in him. Most thought that it was for the better, though Idril suspected something evil. Of course she was right. And she began to work on a secret way to leave the city in case of an emergency. 
That seems smart, but like kind of difficult, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of an engineering feat. Feat. Figured it out though. She sure did. All right. Well, midsummer, first age, five ten. The Gondolindrum celebrated the festival known as the Gates of Summer. Yeah, as they gathered in the night to observe the sunrise over the mountains, a red light was seen in the north instead of the east. It was the armies of Morgoth coming over the mountains with balrogs, orcs, wolves, and dragons, and all sorts of nasty creatures. And nothing could stop them until they reached the walls of the city itself and surrounded it. Got an excerpt here from the Silmarillion, chapter 23 of Tuor and the Fall of Gondolin. Red light mounted the hills in the north and not in the east, and there was no stay in the advance of the foe until they were beneath the very walls of Gondolin, and the city was beleaguered without hope. Of the deeds of desperate valor there done, by the chieftains of the noble houses and their warriors, and not least by Tuor, in much told of the fall of Gondolin, of the death of Rog without the walls, and of the battle of Ecthelion of the Fountain with Gothmong, Lord of Balrogs, in the very square of the king, where each slew the other, and of the defense of the Tower of Turgon by the men of his household, until the tower was overthrown, and mighty was its fall, and the fall of Turgon in its ruin. Grim. Yeah. Tragic. Tragic. Very sad. Yeah, for many days the elves of Gondolin held their ranks and the city, and uh, the battle continued to rage beneath its walls where the, it was bloody and terrible. And there were some pretty courageous leaders and warriors. Most prominently, we hear about Ecthelion, Tuor, Tuor they all become legends. And this is also where the swords Orcrist and Glamdering earn their reputation and they become feared by the orcs. Yeah, many songs and epic poems wrote about this time. But during the assault, Meglin led the House of the Mole blah, against the other houses of Gondolin, causing much confusion and additional death. I love that. Additional death. Yeah. yeah. Didn't have to be a thing. Yeah, furthermore, the information provided by Meglin had furnished Morgoth with the means to plan a perfect siege. Turgon, High King of Analdor, fell defending the citadel of the city. And Ecthelion of the Fountain died in a duel with Gothmog, the High Captain of Angband. And uh, during the havoc of the battle, Maglin went to Tours home in the uh, along the southern wall of the city, and there he intended to thrust Tours son Eorendil over the walls and to force Idril into leading him out of the ruined city by the secret way which he had heard rumor of. Tour arrived in time to rescue his wife and son Eorendil as Maglin was dragging Eorendil to the walls to throw him over. The fight between Tuor and Meglin was brief. Yeah, Meglin was uh, yeeted from the top walls of Gondolin to his death below, fulfilling the curse of his father, Aeol, to die the same death as he. And it was said that Meglin's body smote the walls three times as it fell into the fire below. A fitting end. Yeah, I love their like smote, bounce, like, bounce, yeah, bounce. Okay. Yeah. I wonder and if then he fell into fire. <laughs> I wonder just the skid marks. Yeah, just <laughs> three big red. <laughs> oh god, I wonder what that wall looks like from the outside. If that's what happens to everybody who gets kicked off, like, yeah. do they have a reputation of <laughs> kicking people off do you the think wall? They, yeah. Do they think they have a specific spot? <laughs> it's, it kind of seemed like it. Where they chuck people from the wall. It seemed that way. It yeah. seems like this is the spot. Walk the plank. I bet there's a mess down there. 
<laughs> so ultimately, Gondolin was completely destroyed by Maglin's actions, and uh, most of its population was yeah. also killed. Yeah, just annihilated. The rest of the people sold into slavery, if not uh, completely murdered. And we got a uh, excerpt from the Fall of Gondolin here. Is this the first time we've ever done Fall of Gondolin? Yeah, it's very short, but it's yeah, very short, but it's something. Yeah. Okay, check it out. It's from Joel. Glory dwelt in that city of Gondolin of the seven names, and its ruin was the most dreadful of all the sacks of cities upon the face of earth. Damn, that hit pretty hard for a small one. Yeah, and that's all thanks to Meglin. All yeah. thanks to Meglin. Yeah, he our asshole for the day. He's an asshole. He's our asshole of the day. But he wasn't able to ruin everything because Tuor and Idril and Eärendil had secretly led a group of survivors out of Gondolin. Yeah, and Abriel, Abriel even thought to grab his uh, sword on the way out. That's right, his little uh, his little child blade. Yeah, KOT theory. Or no, he forgot to grab or no, it. He, for, he left. Yeah, it. he left it. That's right. Yep, it was left behind. Mm-hmm. Sting. Yes. yes. Mm. Sting. KOT theory. Yep. And Abriel would later prove to be the downfall of Morgoth because Abriel is the one who actually sails over and gets the Valar's help in the end and. Some convinces them to convinces the Valar to come destroy Morgoth, which they do. Yeah, they did get their revenge, Trevor. Yeah, good revenge, very good. The House of Hadar got its revenge. Now, ultimately, Maglin was a relatively young elf, being only a hundred and ninety years old when he died. That is pretty young for an elf. Elves live literally for thousands of years. No wonder he yeah. was so friggin' reckless and stupid. Right, yeah. he's pretty. Young. He's like a almost like a teenager. Like, a like teenager. has he hit puberty or is he just throwing a temper tantrum? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he hasn't hit elf puberty yet. Elf, yeah, right. Like he needs whatever the elf equivalent of testosterone. His balls haven't dropped yet. <laughs> elf testosterone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but ultimately, that's about as much as we've got for you on Meglin today. Meglin's actions are considered the greatest treachery of the elder days. Yeah. He is the epitome of an asshole. Damn, the he's, greatest treachery. We have Morgoth to contend with here. He's literally. He's literally. The Benedict Arnold. I, I think they mean like the greatest betrayal. Yeah, he's Benedict Arnold of the fucking uh, Tolkien universe. So to sum up our episode today, uh, Maglin sucks. Yeah, he's a freaking asshole. He's an asshole. Asshole, yeah. In fact, agreed. you might say he is the quintessential asshole of the Elder Days, a.k.a. Yeah. the did, first age. Did he do anything like real like noteworthy, like positive? We, we've thought that he might have made the Gondolin blades like Orchris and... Uh, in sting and we suspected that but he did make the 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 seventh gate of gondolin the metal yeah that's one. pretty cool and he was a pretty revered smith and he helped them yeah he did good work he was also valiant at the near nath arnoidia he was he was is, he was a valiant and a great help at the near nath yeah so i don't know mixed so, story but big <clears throat> asshole ultimately asshole. an asshole in the end i don't know if he was evil or not but i just think he really f- wanted to fuck his cousin <laughs> And like, there's porn for that, my man. You know what I mean? He's, he's like, he's like, love will conquer all, even if it's my red hair. Once, once again, <laughs> Pornhub would have saved Gondolin. Yeah, Pornhub would have saved Gondolin. That's a final thought, right there. there we should have added that to the outline. Yeah, that's what we should have right there. That, yeah. That's really what this all culminated. Yeah. But uh, that's all we've got for you this week. Don't forget to tune in next week for episode 79, where we continue our assholes throughout the ages trilogy with our part two. The Second Age, where we will talk about... Arpharazon! Arpharazon. I'm actually really excited to learn more about Arpharazon. 
He's a huge asshole. He's an ass. Yeah, I can't say that I know a ton about him, you know? Well, you will. Oh, you will next you week, friends. But uh, that's all we got for you today. Thanks for listening to Keep on Tolkien Podcast. And thank you, a big thank you to our patrons. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on Patreon to help support us. That's Keep on Tolkien. That's uh, patreon.com forward slash KOT podcast. Uh, it helps us keep coming at you with some good content at the level of quality that you come to expect. And subscribing can also unlock some exclusive content, so go check it out. Yeah, we have also been doing uh, one, uh, private one-time donations. We have uh, PayPal and other services to make that happen, so hit us up uh, in any way you see fit, and we can make it happen, Captain. Subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, or iTunes. Uh, that's www.anyofthosesites.com slash keeptolkien to stay up to date on new episodes and uh if you like us definitely give us a nice review and rate us up smash that like button yeah follow us uh on our social medias first of all join the discord people yeah, yeah link in the description yeah we, get up in there discord is the is the popping place we, we are all three of us on discord constantly every day yeah every every friggin day so come to discord uh it's the keep on tolkien podcast server there will be a uh invite link in the description of everything we do from now on right also follow us on twitter at kot podcast and on facebook facebook.com forward slash official keep on token we've also got a kot talk group don't forget to join that while you're there yeah and also follow us on instagram at keep on token podcast definitely don't forget to check out our merch store that's uh Keep-on-tolkien-podcast.tml.com. Yeah, check out Trevor's Shafted t-shirt. It's friggin' awesome. Get yeah. all the t-shirts. You should just yeah. order all of the t-shirts. Just all of them. Why not? You need them all. Yeah, yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff. You'll find something you'll love. Yeah, there's some fun on there. All right, guys. Well, that's all we got for you today. Yeah, I'm Danny J. I'm Joel N. I'm Trevor D. And we are Keep, Keep on Tolkien. We got it that time, guys. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Oh, Ray and Tulva.